are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. to share uh, with you today from on the subject spiritual confidence in the new normal preparation and consecration this is from the book of Joshua spiritual preparation and consecration are necessary for vision and victory in the new normal our world is in new normal. Spiritually speaking, the Lord Jesus Christ has a new normal for His church. We are there. It's no longer business as usual. What the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to spiritual leaders um, all across our nation and around the world is to draw close to the Lord, to be filled with the Spirit, to be disciples, to take up our cross and deny ourselves and follow him. He calls us to sharpen our spiritual swords, if you would, to to set our face and to follow closely to the Lord. Praise his name. I believe that I believe that the days of head, the days of head, while the scripture says in the last days the love of many will wax cold, I believe that. God wants to visit this earth with revival. Can someone say amen? I believe that the best days of the head of the church are ahead. The only thing that Jesus said that he would build is his church. The only thing that he died for on Calvary is the church. The only thing that he's coming back for is the church. I'm glad I'm part of the church of Jesus Christ. How about you? Praise his name. Amen. Spiritual confidence in the new normal is no longer business as usual. We find in the book of Joshua, and I'd like if we'd put on on the slide Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. This is the background for this. Moses and the children of Israel had been in the wilderness for 40 years because of the people, the Israelites had accepted and voted for the bad report of the promised land. Joshua and Caleb had said, we are well able to go in. I want you to know that the Spirit-empowered church is well able to go in to where God calls us to go. But it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So they had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. We can wander in our own personal wilderness where we get comfortable in that wilderness and we even get comfortable dealing with the devil we know. 
rather than crossing the Jordan that God has for us. And so, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke it, just as I spoke to Moses. Israel had an assignment. They had a destination, and they had a promise. We hear a lot, often, uh, um, some of it is biblically based, sort of motivational preaching on your destiny. I believe, church, that God wants us to focus more on our destination than our destiny. Our destiny has to do more with us. The destination has to do with God's purposes for this world, His, His redemptive purposes, His using the church in all the world. Their destination was the promised land. But they had an assignment, and that was to cross Jordan and to possess that land. Every follower of Jesus Christ has assignments, but we also have promises. Ephesians 2.10 says that, that we, have been, we are Christ's workmanship, created in Christ for good works, that we would walk in them. I, what is your assignment from the Lord? What is your next assignment from the Lord? If you say, well, I'm, I'm doing okay. My career's good. My business is good. I'm doing okay. I just want to th say, if you're satisfied with okay, you're not okay. Is there an amen in the house? I'm talking about following Jesus Christ. Our, our destiny, our destination is heaven. We're just a passing through here. Don't get too comfortable. Our destiny is obedience and fulfilling the assignments that God has for our lives. Can someone say amen? What is your next assignment from the Lord? If you're doing well in your career, how does God want you to use your career to fulfill the assignment that he has for you. If your business is doing well and it's doing so well, you don't even have to be there to run it and it's making a profit. What does God want you to do? What's your assignment so you can further the kingdom of God? What's the assignment that God has for you? One of the greatest privileges that we can have is to have the Lord give us a next assignment. We're going to enter on... September 1, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because grace has spiritual opportunities and God, he, we also have a spiritual assignment before us. But I also, I'm sensing that there's, God also has a new normal for every follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus did say he would build his church. I think of the, I think of the church in Afghanistan. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but they are the second fastest church of any nation in the earth. 
Do you know what the fastest growing church is? Anyone want to make a, take a guess? You can speak it out loud this morning. You put it in the comments if you're uh, following us on live stream. Does anyone else want to make a guess? Well, that, that's good. It's Iran. It's Iran, the fastest growing church in the world right now. You see, there's a, there's a connection between persecution and the growth of the church. When we fast and pray, we enter into a time of willingly making ourselves available to the Lord so He can speak to us. Just hold on to these cards at the end. I'm, we're going to walk through this and I'm going to ask everybody to participate today that, that wants to willingly. There's three things from Joshua chapter 3. I'd like us to go there of how Joshua and the Israelites, what they did so they could cross into the new normal. Chapter 3, verse number 1 says this, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before they crossed. They lodged or they camped there before they crossed. The fight is won or lost before we get to it based on whether we make space for God before the battle begins. The assignment that God has for your life, the assignments that God has for grace, and they are many, will be won or lost based on whether we make space for God before the battle begins. Joshua did something that was... Some might consider a little strange, but he had them camp next to the flooding Jordan. It was raging. It was the flood tide. There were trees where debris was rushing by. The banks were caving in. But they camped there for three days. They camped there to refuel and to rest and to get ready and to look at what was in front of them, to see what was in front of them. They were there, they camped so they could wait on God and they could hear the word of the Lord. They were also there to acclimate their sight. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. It takes, it takes a different type of sight in the wilderness than it does to cross Jordan. How many know that? Yeah. They had to acclimate their sight. How many of you have awakened from a sound sleep even in your own bedroom and you have no idea where you are. How many know what I'm talking about? You don't even recognize your closet door. It's like, where am I? You know, and then fear sort of sets in like, whoa, what in the world? You know, uh, yeah, we need to acclimate our sight so we can see what's in front of us and what the Lord has for us. Um, as I read through the scripture this year, I'm in the, I'm in the book of Lamentation. <laughs> this is what the writer said. The Lord is my inheritance, says my soul. Yeah. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. 
to the person who seeks Him. It is good that He waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Camping before crossing. Waiting on the Lord. Preparation and consecration. The second thing that... Sorry about that. I didn't even say, hey, Siri. <laughs> I have no idea. This is crazy. The staff and I, we were laughing the other day, and, and I, I've been, do you, how many are aware of your smartphone is listening to you all the time? Are you, how many know that? How many know that? How many know that? So my wife, Chris, who's not here, she's in Florida, she's visiting family, it's been a while, and and uh, she said, she said, no, Paul, she said, our daughter and those two little grandbabies, uh, they're out in Missouri. They just moved there from Arkansas, and it's been over, way over a year till we've seen them, and so I'm going to go see them. Do you want to come? Did you catch that? <laughs> and she said, I'm going whether you come or not, okay? <laughs> it wasn't a threat. She just said, I'm going. I want to see my baby." My youngest baby plus her children, you know, and, and our son-in-law too, of course. So, <laughs> Sorry, where's Ben? Where's Ben Luckett? Ben and Lillian are going to be married in just a little, little while. We've been, we're so glad for you guys. But Ben, I just want you to know right now that on that wedding day, you're, you're just sort of an accessory. That's all you are. That's a, it's, So... The next thing I know, guess what pops up on my phone? Book your flight on Southwest Air to St. Louis. That's the airport, the closest airport. Want to get away fares? Low, starting at, I don't know what it is, 89 bucks or something like that, right? It's amazing. It, they're, they're listening all the time. Assurance and anticipation. Verses 2, let's read that, 2 to 4. At the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that's, that was the, the, the physical presence that embodied God's covenant with his people, his promises and his presence, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. However, there shall be between you and it a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the sons of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you. How would they know? By hearing the word of God, and that he will assuredly dispossess from before you the Canaanite, the Hittites, etc. We, we camp and draw near to the Lord. We consecrate ourselves and we prepare ourselves because we've not passed this way before. We've not passed this way before. 
church past victories and experience and even maturity are not enough for the new normal. An excellent car driver still needs a GPS to go where they've never been before. How many know that? So a few years ago, we went, to, we went up to Boston for my nephew's wedding, and then we stopped back in the nursing home to see my Aunt Eileen, who was, I don't know, 101 or something like, she was, she was 100 plus. My mom was with us, and my mom was the youngest in the family, and Aunt Eileen was the oldest of the family. And between, between them, there was only like 13 years, and my grandmom had 12 kids. So how many can do the math? How many, that's, I mean, that's, that's, they're not wasting any time. <laughs> they're not wasting any time. So it was a joyous reunion. So then <clears throat> GPS uh, said, we, we should go through New York City. How many driven in New York City? Can I see your hand, please? You're driven in New York City. Yeah. Now, how many, uh, how many would be honest enough to say that almost strikes terror in your heart going through New York City, coming back on a Sunday afternoon? Now, I've, I've driven our family safely through blizzards. Blizzards on I-80 the central route in Pennsylvania, east and west, where the blizzard was so heavy on a Christmas Eve night, we start out at 9 o'clock to go home to be for Christmas with my parents when our girls were just little. And the blizzard, we counted 26 cars off the road and there was no room at any motel. We had no choice but to just keep on trucking. And after a while, there was no traffic no snow plows and no traffic. And that 1976 Oldsmobile Cutlass that I had was, it was pretty new back then though, but every, every five miles I'd have to stop in the middle of Interstate 80 to get out to wipe away the snowflakes because they covered it in and you couldn't see the road. And we drove like that. It took us almost 12 hours to take a trip that normally took five and a half hours. So, I, and I've driven through some floods and I, through some terrible weather and scary things. But when it said go through New York City, <laughs> I might be an experienced driver, but that's a new normal. <laughs> but GPS, God bless that woman with her Australian accent. <laughs> she was a lifeline. If I'd have had a map old school, there's so many quick turns in New York City, there's bridges going over bridges. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There's lanes, and if you turn, if it was up to me, you would still be looking for me, I'm telling you. I'd never find my way back home. But she, what she would say, and I, I, I can't imitate that accent. In fact, I have a man that talks. There's a guy that talks to me now, okay? It's just, stay in the right-hand lane in 50 feet. Take a sharp right. And I'd turn that wheel, not hardly knowing where I was going, but guess what? We arrived back home. In the new normal that God has for us, 
while our experience and our maturity in the Lord and past victories give us assurance, it doesn't provide the way for us like the presence of God that comes as we wait on the Lord. How many hear what I'm saying? Because we've not been this way before. We can drive, but we don't know where to turn. They were assured that the presence of the Lord will go with them. His guiding presence will go with you and me in the new assignment that He has for us. Praise His name. But it was necessary for them to see it. Joshua said, come hear the word of the Lord. I want to encourage you as we, as we begin to pray and fast, as we consecrate ourselves. Consecration is a spiritual term where we willingly set ourselves apart from this world and set ourselves closer to God. It's not magic. It's not just for spiritual people. Anyone can do this. We make room for God and space for God. I imagine that Joshua quoted to them what the Lord had said in Joshua chapter 1. And he said, no doubt, he said, the Lord already told me, just as I've been with Moses, I'm going to be with you. So be strong and courageous and you'll possess the land. Church, I want us to know to be strong and courageous so that we can possess what God has promised to us individually and also what God has promised to us as a church. The third thing is preparation and consecration. Preparation and consecration. Prayer and fasting are vital parts of consecration for the new normal. We consecrate ourselves today, Joshua said, so we can see God's miracles tomorrow. It clears out all the clutter. Um, how many have had an experience with your, with your phone? Uh, after a while, it doesn't charge. How many, you, you know what I'm saying? So you talk with your friends, and they say, well, maybe your cord's broken. They said, did you buy the certified, you know, the big red kind? You know, if you don't, that really expensive one, if you don't do that, the others are going to fail you. So, oh, no, I guess uh, you're right. You know, I'll go buy it. I, in my case, I bought it, and it still wouldn't charge. And then someone said, well, maybe it's just the battery's gone. And it wasn't that. And, and so what I did, I Googled it. And it said these things, broken cord, uh, battery shot, uh, debris and lint right here. They said, just blowing that really hard. <laughs> Stick the cord in. Wah, wah, dink. How many have had that experience? The lint of this world has a way of clogging up our sensitivity to God. My wife, I, 
<laughs> every time I'm supposed to clean my pockets out because I have a really hard job, so Chris does the laundry. I'll feel sorry for him. I'm supposed to clean my pockets out. And sometimes I forget. And to her credit, she doesn't get upset with me. She, always, always, she just shakes her head. And she hands me this, I don't know what in the world's in there today, a pocket knife and keys and car keys, you know, and hard talent. She'll show it to me and she'll say, what are little boys made of? Snips and snails and puppy dog tails, you know, because I collect things. We have a way of sort of collecting things. But drawing near to the Lord is like cleaning this port out so we can be recharged again. Preparation and consecration. Consecration is is not about our effort, but it's about our attention that the Lord wants. A season in God's presence stirs our hearts and awakens us to God's nearness. Consecration makes room for miracles and spiritual vision in our lives. Faith operates above and against the chatter of the world. It hears differently, it sees differently, it speaks differently. John Lindell goes on to say, when God asks you to do something, you might be not sure. Considering it, he said, remember, this is your life, this is your life, but it's God's moment for you. So we consecrate ourselves and we prepare ourselves. Every major thing in my life, I've prayed and fasted. God has never failed. And God put it in my heart to plant grace. And, and many of you have heard the story before. Our, our church was, it was very vibrant. There were just a lot of things that were going on. And I was the president of the ministerium, the first Protestant church to preach in uh, St. Mary's Roman Catholic Church, and I preach the gospel that it's through faith in Jesus Christ, not works, it's by the grace of God. Um, just so many things are right about that, and God asked me, asked me if I'd consider planting a church in this area here. It took me by surprise. And I began to fast and pray for clarification because, because, Everyone said, what are you doing? You're crazy. Are, are you weird or what? Look how good you have it. The church needs to build. Look, the influence that's here. You've got a brand new house. You're crazy. What's going to happen to your family? You can't do that. You're almost 40 years old. You're too old to do something new now. Now we're saying if you're 40, you're not old enough. How many know? You know what I'm saying. But the Lord said, I want you to go if you'll take this assignment. And I did. I've learned, I've learned that I can't listen. I can't listen to the voice of doubt. You say, Pastor Paul, don't you listen to other Oh, yeah, I listen to other people. I'll drive you crazy processing. Believe you me. I will drive people crazy processing. That's how I'm wired. 
I'm just processing for me is I'm just, I'm just checking off the boxes because I believe this is what God said. And when those boxes are checked off, boy, I'm ready to go in the strong name of Jesus. So I prayed and fasted. God gave clarity. Every step of the way here at Grace, when we've prayed and when we've fasted for this property, when we built on, as we made additions, some of you might remember the all-night prayer meetings that we had, and when we built onto the gen now, we had all-night prayer meeting. We joined together in shifts, and when we come before the Lord, it does something to us. It awakens our heart to God. John Lindell went on to say, Consecration marks the end of the in-between time and prepares us to move from where we've been to where we need to go. If we're going to step into a new normal, we will need God to perform mighty miracles on our behalf. And that means we need to clear room in our lives and within ourselves for the supernatural work of God's Spirit. Consecration aligns us with the presence of God and the voice of God so our senses are sharper to discern what God is doing and hear what God is saying more clearly. Consecration turns our spiritual GPS on so God can guide us into the new normal. I, I want to... I want to take a time of commitment. Josh, if you'd bring the, the, the band, if you would, please. And um, thank you. There's things that we're going to be asking you to pray and fast. And there's ways to fast. Um, you, can, you can fast uh, one, two, or three meals a day. The 21-day Daniel fast, you can Google that, but basically what it is, the, the Daniel fast is, is you only eat things that grow that, of the earth. Not crabs grow, I understand that, but that's not what we're talking about, okay? It's plant-based. And that doesn't mean that you can chug corn syrup. That does not what that means. I know it comes from, it's whole grains. How many hear what I'm saying? Yeah. The Lord will help you. Someone said to me the other day, so I'm a little, I, I believe this is what God wants to do, I'm a little bit apprehensive. The Lord will help you. Now, you, others, others will, um, there, there's some days that I'm going to do just water only because that's what I believe the Lord's spoken to me. And then I'm going to do a period of intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is when there's certain hours of the day that you don't eat. And listen, those uh, intermittent fasting does not include 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning. Hear what I'm saying? That's called sleeping. All right. We give up something. It's mostly, it'll be food. And we replace it with prayer and fasting. To just give up something and not pray and fast, that's called dieting. How many know that? Yeah, that's the, it's not that. We want to fast. We want to pray. So we're going to do that. 
we're going to pray, and, and I'm going to ask you a little bit to put your name and email or whatever your contact is, and that you'll commit to certain things. And on the back of this, prayer request. I have some prayer requests. I have some prayer requests. We're going to pray for our nation, our community. We need revival. You might say it's too far gone. It's not too far gone. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. I'll heal their land. We're going to pray for revival in our systems of government. All, all we hear during this time is guilt, shame, and fear, and then manipulation, politicization things, self-protection to enhance a career. Church, if we don't pray for our elected officials, who in this nation is praying for them? If the church doesn't pray, no one will pray. No one will pray. Our education, our schools, our teachers, our medicine, healthcare workers and science and even sports, that God would raise up strong testimonies, our entertainment, our financial systems, our communications, that's the media, to pray and believe God. I believe that we can ask the Lord to stop the pandemic. I really do. I don't know who's prayed for that. I feel more, I feel more it's been like, oh my goodness, they're saying all this stuff. We just have to make sure that we get vaccinated and mask up and that's the best we can do. No, that's not the best we can do. We serve a God who's a healing God. A healing God. A healing God. A healing God. Can someone say amen? Amen, a healing God. We need to pray for the worldwide body of Christ, for encouragement, strength, protection, and missionaries. I mentioned to you, you heard from Pastor Josh, and I mentioned before about that. And I, also the church in Iraq, is, and I also mentioned that. That's the fastest in Iran, rather, the fastest growing church in the world. Grace, that's the church. Would you pray with me for the growth of all ministries, that we would be strong in the Lord and filled with the Spirit, that there'd be a move of God's Spirit stirring our hearts like never before in every service, every time that we come together. Pray for our church staff, good church staff, but there's current staff that are, they've worked and they've, they've pressed through this, but there's future great staff. We're, right now we're, we're in the search for a worship pastor. Pastor Josh is doing such a wonderful, I'm telling you, such a wonderful job. I just want to keep him right here. But God has an assignment for his life. God has an assignment for his life. But God also has the next worship pastor. How many hear what I'm saying? How many hear what I'm saying? God cares for grace more than any of us that could ever begin to care. Transitions, the Bel Air Assembly of God property adoption. Say, why you call it adoption, Pastor Paul? Because, because it's an adoption. I've had a lot of spiritual children. I wasn't looking to have any more spiritual sons. I just wasn't. I, I wasn't. 
I've been in the ministry 45 years. God's blessed me. I've got battle scars and nicks, and I walk with a limp. But it's all because of following Jesus, and I do it all over again. Amen. There's coming a day, there's coming a day when I want to sing in the presence of God. He's worthy of it all. How about you? Take that crown, whatever that is. I want to cast it at His feet. But I, more than that, I, I just, I want to prostrate myself before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and said, you have it. What you asked me to do, I tried to do with all the might and the strength behind me. Listen, I'm going on my 70th birthday. Just let that sink in. I'm not going to be the lead pastor, Grace Assembly of God forever and ever. Please let that sink in. But this is the church of Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? So I was not looking for another spiritual son to birth or to plant, but God dropped something in my heart and it was more of an adoption because how can I, how can I, how can I, how can I, if there's a nephew that's been abandoned or a niece that's been abandoned and there's no one to take care and they have no future, it's like, oh, oh God, yes, if that's what you want, we'll do it. And listen, we're going to give grace, we're going to give Bel Air Assembly of God the very best that we have. Can someone say amen? Amen. No more musty smell. Good sound system. Good lighting system. We've got to tear down walls and build them up. God has dropped in my heart. We've, we're supposed to do this thing debt free. And we're going to do this thing debt free. Praise God to the glory of God. But we need to pray. Pray for that. And then pray for personal things. You need a healing or miracle in your life. You begin to fast and pray for that. You can put that on the card today. If, you have, if you're carrying a burden and you need a breakthrough, put that there. We're, we'll pray for you as you pray. And prodigals, prodigals are children. They're loved ones who've walked away from God. Just Wednesday night, someone, someone told me about, about their child. They've been praying and they've been fasting. Oh my Lord, it's gone on for a couple decades. There's been no movement. There's been bitterness this, that, and the other. Guess what happened last Sunday night? Guess what happened? They were baptized in water and they gave their life to Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? And I know that parent has prayed, prayed, prayed. Praise His name. Praise God. So I'm going to ask you right now, would you just take this and then we're going to tear this thing off. I want to pray for you. Would you stand with me right now? Prayer teams, I want you to come. I want you to come if you would. Yeah. You can fill this out and tear it off. And then, and you can also find this on our website, graceofbelair.com, the drop-down box, 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's all there. But just fill this out. And then there's buckets at every place you go. Just drop it in there. Uh, if, if you're going to hang around in the sanctuary for a while and you do, you're welcome, you're welcome to until we turn out the lights, okay? Because yeah. some of you will stay here morning, noon, and night, or, which is good. But if, if you forget, just, just put it on the seat and we'll get it. But if you can put it in the bucket, that'll help. Amen. Would you pray with me right now? Father, in Jesus' strong name, 
I feel the surge of the Spirit of God saying, Arise and cross this Jordan, this assignment, an assignment that you have for everybody, no matter what that is, Lord. There's grace. There's many assignments you've given to us. We're going to see the victory because you're worthy of it all, Lord, in Jesus' name. So I commend your church to you commend your church to you to the grace of the Lord and we're so grateful that the Lord is our inheritance. Praise God. Praise His name.